0: Good morning. I hope you are having a good day. It's beautiful outside on this Wednesday morning. I can look out my window and see um, all the life out there and be very thankful. So I've been. We we started yesterday and we worked through a little bit of Colossians um, chapter two. I wanted to go back there again. I'm I'm loving chapter two, and I'd invite you to just spend as much time there as you can this week because we talked yesterday about Holy Spirit and mystery and about on Sunday, we talked about mystery too, and how it's something we we grasp through faith, the Trinity and, and God. Um, we grasp it through faith, we experience it more than understand it. And I wanted to read, continue on in Colossians 2, and show you what Paul is offering you as a alternative way of living, because he says that through Christ, we've already been um, fully created anew in the world, and therefore, we are invited, uh, have the power to, I mean, you think about it, however you want, you can find your words, to actually live a different way, apart from what the world would have us do. And so I want to just raise up the argument there, and invite you into what Paul's the the way of living that we're being invited into as people in Christ. So just listen, I'm at chapter two. um, And I'm just going to go at chapter two, verse two, and read the yesterdays and a little bit more. I want the people's hearts to be encouraged and united in love so that they may have all the riches of assured understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery. That is Christ himself. So somehow Christ is the mystery, God's salvation in a person in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So somehow in Christ's person, or in Jesus' person, the Christ, God's knowledge and wisdom is hidden. I'm saying this so that no one may deceive you with plausible arguments. So he's saying that there is um, arguments out in the world. There is a certain sort of logic that would make sense to us as humans that would um, maybe override or sound better than God's logic, and that we need to pay attention to that. I'm saying this so that no one may deceive you with plausible arguments. For though I'm absent in body and with you in spirit, and I rejoice to see your morale and the firmness of your faith in Christ, so somehow faith is set over and against the plausible arguments. And then listen to verse six. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted And built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. The abounding in thanksgiving piece is what catches me today. And and it grabs me because it's striking that at any given moment or at any given time or in any given situation, we as people of God have a choice in how we're going to perceive it how we're going to engage it, and how we're going to live into it, living in it through faith or living in it through whatever the world might say is going on. And I think that makes a difference. And Christ, well, Colossians promises us that that makes a difference. Abounding in thanksgiving. In any given situation, we can be thankful that God's working there. And thus, we can look for God's work everywhere. And I'm saying God as the all-encompassing word that grabs a hold of the relational trinitarian god father son holy spirit that god is relationship god is relationship with every given moment of your lives and so we're being invited to grab a hold of faith and say even though we can't understand what's what it might look like even though we can't understand maybe what is happening in this given moment god's there drawing forth something to be thankful for. And and frankly, that doesn't sound um, logical. And sometimes that's even hard. And I've experienced that myself, and I'm sure you have, in the midst of tragedy or or other suffering or death, where it's difficult to be thankful. And I don't think thankfulness then becomes this I don't know, super happy, joy, joy Christian life, like we're immune to everything. It it becomes it becomes a, a way of just engaging things differently and maybe claiming grief and sadness with that hope of of resurrection and Christ and new life. And then we can be thankful in the midst of hard things. So just listen, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So somehow just claiming thankfulness. And then he goes on. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. It's going to be tempting to take that sentence and do something with it like, oh, apply it to maybe politics of the world or somehow how the world's working. And that's fine, but be careful about applying it to just the law and say, well, I believe this or that. and Anyway. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. What he's talking about is Christ rules the world. Not yet, but already. And that doesn't make sense, but Christ rules the world. The powers of darkness have been defeated through through the cross, and there is only one God ruling the universe, so all the other elemental spirits, powers, principalities, whatever you want to say, don't have anything. And then he says this, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have come to fullness in him who is the head of every ruler and authority. We're going to talk about the rest of it tomorrow. I want you today, invite you to abound in thanksgiving. Rather than trying to understand God's work look for it, try to experience it, and open um, open yourselves to the beauty of God in and with every moment and see what happens. That's sometimes how faith works. Claim it and see what happens. I may you abound in thanksgiving today and have a holy and fully blessed day.